Please listen carefully. Hello. Hello. All right. Um, I don't even know where we left off. Um, but I think we were talking pretty pretty high level. Um, yeah, I, I've had people just come up to me and and just say, I love that analogy that if you love drinking beer, you shouldn't open a bar. Oh, like, <laughs> like uh, okay, so reasons. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked like, a lot about like starting a business, who, it, who it's not for, who it's for. Yeah, yeah. and I think we had talked about... Um, or I was asking you about why, or when did you know, or, or when did you kind of know you, that you wanted to open a CrossFit? Um, I think that was the last thing, right? Yeah, and I was just in Chicago at Two Brain Summit, and I was explaining that whole story. Yeah. And um, I think I, I always kind of knew, but um, I just, I, and I think I said this on the last podcast, but I just hold the role of, well, first a coach, right, and then eventually, and then an owner in such high regard that, you know, if I really want to do something, um, I want to do it really well, yep. right? Um, I mean, you're similar, and so you know, you don't want to half-ass something. So I think I just took so long because I thought there was so much to owning a business, which there there is, and and there kind of isn't. Like you're you're never at the point where you feel like you have all the tools you need to open a business. Like, even now, like, right. or when I opened, like, I, I didn't feel like I was, quote, unquote, ready, but I, at that point, I just, I knew I needed to get started. Yep. You know? And I think if, it, this is one of those things that if you've, you're never going to open a business if you're going to wait until you're fully ready. Exactly. Right? Yes. Exactly. Because you're never going to be fully ready. Yep. Yep. And I also think that to take it seriously, it's, this is something that you're affecting people's lives you're not you know you're not just writing uh, a, a blog or opening some um software company or say this is yeah. something that you right. are yeah. totally sure. affecting someone's life you're you yeah, can negatively affect someone's life if you half-ass it in a way like from a coaching perspective as well that is true i mean i do think uh, and see there are there are places that you know probably but you know i don't know like there are some places that have been open for five years, five mm-hmm. years, and I dropped into those places, and it was not a great experience, and I could tell the members for, that it wasn't a great experience for them. So it's not, it's not like time only improves your business. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to want to improve it. Right. So it's kind of a mindset, but you're right. Like, because the, it's a service-based business and because people are coming in to get help. You yeah, can. If, yeah. It's a uh, it's a very low barrier to entry. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe we could talk about more of like the um, like details of like uh, the branding experience, um, all right. Like and all that, like how we came up with the branding and <clears throat> you know that kind of thing. Well, I think um, that I would say the branding was one of the coolest parts to to really participate in because um, we had to think about what we wanted this place to be about. Mm-hmm. And I know that your focus was really the the tenants of CrossFit 
and and how to how to represent that in in our name. Yep. Um, and then we had one of my my cousins, Becca's cousins, mm -hmm. Jamer, help us out with it. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. So so tell me tell me about like what you thought um, you wanted the branding to to, to start being about like how did, how did the, the tennis of CrossFit come Yeah, out? I was thinking about this. Um, I think the first thing that everyone thinks about is the name. Yeah. <clears throat> and so because you licensed to use the name CrossFit and that's pretty much all you're paying for, um, not all, that, that's what you're paying for. You know, it's not a franchise, so they don't tell you how to run. They don't tell you how to set up. They don't, you don't use any of their resources like accountants or, you know, brand managers or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You set it up however you want to set it up. But the one thing they do control is the name. So because Diddy and I traveled a lot and had gone to Iceland and climbed Kilimanjaro and went to Peru and, and all this stuff, outdoorsy stuff, I wanted something outdoorsy, something, something mountain-related, something, you know, activity, you know, being active, right. right? So I was looking up, like, CrossFit Base Camp, CrossFit Summit, CrossFit... Uh, peak cross peak CrossFit like anything related to peaks or climbing or <laughs> we went you know, to, uh, right we were going to like thesaurus.com and looking literally thesaurus.com I remember that literally and we were just sitting there I remember during dinner where it was the four of us you me um, Becca and and Dave were just sitting there just throwing out random like things that random words that yep. would just happen to be about camping and. That was, that was pretty and would, hilarious. Yeah, and then I got, you know, having a psychology background, I was thinking about, all right, well, like, you know, best self, like, you know, uh, self-actualization, like, <laughs> you know, finding, finding your best self, you know, uh, anything related to that. And yep. it was, like, terrible, like, just awful names. And, um, or the ones I liked were already taken. Right. So that was, in CrossFit has a map that you can search by name, and so I would just have map.crossfit.com up, and then thesaurus.com up, and search each and then yeah. see if it was already taken. And if it was even remotely taken, I knew that it probably wouldn't get approved. Yep. So I think at some point I just really realized that I should look at other languages. And so I started with the languages of the countries that we travel to. So um, it, it was all the same English words just in Google Translate and changing the language and, you know, uh, Swahili is not really a, a great option for, you know, words that you want people to be able to pronounce. No. Um, and, and I think you, you took a real good liking to Iceland as well. And we loved Iceland. Right. Yeah. And yeah. being able we to really, work out. Um, just in, yeah, like the travel experience. Yep. The trip itself. Exactly. Yeah, we really like Iceland. Yeah. So, and that, that's where a lot of the motivations from where, where we came up with Kana, where you came up with Kana came from. Yeah, I think I just ran, I think it was just, I think I looked up explore in different languages. Kana came up. I was like, all right, that's a simple enough name. Like, it, it's easy to pronounce, or it's, you know, some people say Kana. Kana. You know. but um, for Kana. Yeah, but there's no, it, it's not that complicated, right? right? Like, exactly. you pronounce it one of two ways. Mm -hmm. um, I had always, I'd read that, like, having a hard K sound or having a K in your name, like Nike, it... Um, it's easier to remember, and it like resonates oh, really? better. Yeah, from a branding experience. I did not know that. Um, I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what I read about Nike. So, um, you know, one or two syllables, 
And, uh, and yeah, so came across it, explore, Kana looked up the other definitions of it, and it's explore, but explore like physically, but also explore like to investigate, right. um, which I liked a lot because I went to college for engineering. I'm very skeptical of a lot of stuff until I actually see that it works, and so I like that. And then, I don't know, I don't think it was even that first time that I was looking at it. I think I went back and kept looking at names that I liked, and then I ran across the fact that the third definition is pot of coffee, and yeah. that sealed the deal. Yep. I was like, sold. I think a, a lot of, um, and when I when I heard explore, it was, and the first thing I went to think about was like internal exploration as well. So yep. that was a that was a huge yep. thing. Yep. Uh, yeah, and that's right. Again, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times when people build businesses, it's it's really around themselves because it's around their experiences. It's like whether they consciously or subconsciously know it, like the brand is kind of built around who what you are, know. right? Yeah. So engineering to counseling with, you know, psych psychology, sociology, and being interested in people. And yeah, so it all kind of fit, like explore physically, explore just science-wise, explore mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And our inside joke was that that time we were kind of Connor, was just my God, yeah. Um, born, I think. Who was born? So we, -ish well, so time? he was born August of 2015. Yes. I started talking with these guys on campus in October of 2015. I was driving around looking for real estate all that summer before, and even probably the spring before. And so, I think, I I think I landed on the business name first. And then, yeah, when he was born, we didn't name Connor until he was the day he was born because right. he was six weeks early. So we didn't even have a boy's name. So that was just one of on the list. And so we landed on that. I think we we realized that <laughs> Kana is really just Connor with a Boston accent. Yes. Kana. Uh, and then, or when he, he would pronounce it, we used to joke that we're just going to have his face as the logo. Yes. Kana? 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 Yeah, oh so that was, uh, it could have been CrossFit Connor. A little ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so then we started working with Beck's cousin, yep. Jameson, who is a graphic designer, and his job is branding. And so that was awesome because we basically went through a professional branding yeah. experience. Yeah. So I think we just, he was remote. He was in New York City at the time. Right. So we just got on Skype and just... There were like six revisions that we had gone through. Well, he yeah, he asked questions. He was just asking about like, um, I think we had the name. Yeah, we definitely did have the, right. we had the name. Um, and and then I was the just tenants of CrossFit in there. Like, yeah, I don't even know if I started though with the ten general physical skills. I think we just started with like outdoors, and and the cairns. Yep. So just the idea that like when you go hiking there are the stacks of rocks called cairns to kind of guide the way. Right. And so the idea is that, you know, we're helping guide the way through fitness. Um, I think we started there, and then he came up with, like, four different, very different options. Yep. And then, and then we, some of them definitely, we, you know, were like, nah, that's not it. And then some were like, yeah, maybe. And then he changed those. And then, yeah, maybe, again, another revision. But... There were definitely a bunch of revisions yeah. um, to where we got to, yeah, the, the logo. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so there's 10 lines. They're, each of them represent 10 general physical skills. So some are, uh, or at least more um, uh, physical traits like uh, flexibility, strength, cardiovascular endurance, flexibility. I think I said flexibility. Um, some are neurological like balance, agility, coordination, yep. accuracy, and then some are combined, so power and speed. Um, so each of those represents one of those. Um, the lines are like the sacks of rocks. Right. You know, more, you know, interpretive. And I remember when we first did it, it looked like a maple leaf. Yes. Yes. So I looked at it, I'm like... You were the one that pointed that out. I don't want this to be CrossFit maple leaf kana. So that you was another... You pointed that out. That, yeah. And I didn't see it until you said it, yep. and then I saw it. <laughs> and then you can't. It's one of those things you cannot can't, unsee. Can't unsee. I'm like, Beck, what does this look like? She goes, a maple leaf? I'm like, exactly. We're done. So we had to change it. I was, this was the final version after that. Yeah, and it kind of, I mean, now it, it kind of kind of, um, kind of looks more like a person, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, mm -hmm. a little yeah. bit. Um, and, then, and then the color is, is, you know, we really like sunsets, so um, right. it's really like a reddish-orange to kind of represent the sunset. And it was one of those things where we didn't want to overcomplicate it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there are some logos that look great and are very complex, but this, I think, was kind of just the way you and I simplify things at times and let's just make make it um, that simplified logo and I think it worked out really well. Yeah, well you got to think about things like are you going to put it on shirts yeah. and clothes and right. print it on stuff and how much how many colors are in it because um, when you print stuff on shirts like the more colors the more expensive um, mm -hmm. you know how big do you want it what's the layout so yeah, Jameson was awesome, was awesome because he gave brand guidelines. He said, all right, you can have these three different types of layouts, but not these. And you can't do these color combinations. You can do these. And so it's been really like whenever I work with T-shirt printers or people like doing graphic design stuff, like putting together stuff, they're always really impressed with the packet I send them because it's basically just Jameson's guidelines. brand guidelines. Yep. And they're like, we never get this. Yeah. 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 And, and I think part of it was also us... It, without the text, right? We wanted people to ask the questions. Well, what is that? I'm like, well, that looks really cool. What, what is it? What is that logo about? Yeah. And we wanted it to be a, a topic of conversation as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then other things related to that, like uh, our base camp uh, mm -hmm. program. So to come on into group class, people have to take on ramp, or some people call it on ramp. Some people call it foundations, fundamentals. But basically, at least three private sessions to learn the fundamental movements. Yeah. Um, but we call it base camp, because if you, like when we climbed Kilimanjaro, we took only one route up. Other people took a different route. Other people took a different route. So there's like four major routes to get up Kilimanjaro. But we all met at base camp. So like everyone's coming up the mountain of, you know, their of journey of fitness up different routes. Some people come from like a collegiate athletic background. Some people never worked no, out in their life, yeah. right? Absolutely. So, but we all meet at base camp. And then we make that push for the summit, right? Um, so that's the idea. So uh, base camp. And I'm trying to think of what else we use it for. Um, I mean, I try to put the, the name and the logo up everywhere we can here. Well, I mean, and then the color schemes, if you look at our box, I mean, not that you and I, I mean, because you and I hate the color red. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Right. 
I mean, <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was a, a huge part as it stands out. We, we like the color. It does, uh, when you had mentioned you, you, you liked sunsets as well, it, it, just, it, it just worked out that way. But I think that that's part of what our color scheme is about with, with the logo. It just, it, um, it stands out really well. Yeah, I think you know. I think a lot of box owners kind of go the like barbell route, and the like. Definitely, if you were opening up in like two thousand, let's say two thousand three to two thousand twelve, you were definitely more about like the hardcore, like. We're hardcore. We're underground. Like super complicated logos, and yeah. usually it was like a friend or a friend of a friend who just drew something up in right, paint. You just kept that, and like you, that's what you kept, right? Um, but if you look at any major franchise, right, like their logos are not complicated, nope. right? They're, they're nope. simple, they're easy to print, they're easy to see, they're usually one or two colors. Um, yeah, absolutely. So luckily, I, you know, that was not something that I really asked. It's just what, that's what Jameson knew. Mm -hmm. So He, he it definitely was really, cool. was really good with that and, and really brought out the essence of what we wanted. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, so let's talk about opening. So we had to wait a long, a long time. There's uh, lots of thinking time. There's a lot of thinking time. Like, Part of that was due to permits just for this whole campus, just to even get occupancy per, or uh, I don't even know what they call it, but some sort of permit to just even start anything on campus. And then some of them were specific to our space in terms of getting permits. Some of them were related to the more of the actual construction going on they're, they're digging into the floor for plumbing because it's the building didn't have any plumbing yep that was quite an ordeal because the concrete here like i don't know what they were storing in here but they it, were it must have been an atom bomb this is a bomb proof shelter because the, the concrete like the concrete guys who cut the concrete obviously they're pro they're professionals aka they cut concrete every day like yeah. their job is literally concrete and they said it was some of the thickest like most dense concrete they've ever cut. I think we tried picking up one of the blocks. And they oh. cut, right, they cut them into, I don't know, <clears throat> I can't even say two by two, like it wasn't even two by two, maybe one and a half by one and a half foot blocks. Right. And they were 200 pounds. It's ridiculous. Easy. It's insane. <laughs> so there is no worry about like chipping the concrete. Nope. <clears throat> if we're dropping barbells and stuff. So that took a while. Um, it's a get all the stuff out of here. This this place had so much junk in it. Yeah, we had a huge safe of some sort in here. I mean, we didn't take that out, but it needed to be taken out. It was right. just sitting in the middle of the floor storing some something, some major Do we do we talk about cyanide <laughs> or something? Our our, la our last um in our last part 1 podcast about how long you thought it would take to open this place versus how long it did. So I, they, when I first met with them, I mean, this is October 2015, and I distinctly remember them being like, so how, how soon do you want to open? And I'm like, next month? Okay. <laughs> I just want to go. Let's now, do it. Now, look, part of it, I think, they didn't realize, like, they're thinking, like, again, like, big franchise, like, something corporate, something right, very, right. like, fit out, nice. Like, and I'm thinking, I just need a garage. Yep. Like, I just need... Just a need place a box. to put down some, I, literally a box. a box. I just need a place to put down a rubber mat, put up a little pull-up rig, and that's really it. Like, yeah. I really, I don't need, because the other stuff is, could be brought in piece by piece. Mm -hmm. 
So they didn't realize that. I didn't realize all the permit and all that needed to happen. Um, I mean, you know, look, I'm sure they were, they knew that they have a longer timeline than they were letting on, but wanted me to be here. So, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, so I was, so we, we, you know, we just waited a year and a half. That's all. That was it. Um, Diddy will say that I was uh, not the happiest of campers. Um, I try to stay pretty positive with most stuff, but I was getting quite frustrated. Um, it was a marathon run. It's like, it's, you know, I don't think, and plus it came up with a lot of unexpected things that we, we just didn't know about, you know? Yep. Yeah, so I, I, I might as well talk about this last podcast, but, you know, the, I mean, the silver lining to waiting was, you know, we, Diddy and I, um, you know, she's, would, we both would say that she's the more, like, conservative, like, financially conservative one. And so she was, you know, when I said I want to open up a business, like, that kind of, you know, just had had her have questions, right? And right. so, um, but, it, you know, del- the delay allowed us to, I had a lot of student loans because I paid for college, but that meant taking a lot of loans. Right. Uh, so we paid off all that. We paid off our cars. Uh, I really, I've wanted to do the math and do, like, a blog post. I know that would be, like, really personal, but. I, I do feel like people should know that it's possible. Um, yeah. Because it was, it was a hefty amount. Yeah. It was, it was up there. So, um, but it was one of those things that, like, you know, pressure makes diamonds. Like, the pressure of having a business going to be open soon, but, and also having a baby. Yeah. I wanted, we wanted to set ourselves up to have very little, essentially, overhead. Financial liability. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, month to month. Yeah. Um, and we did all that, and, and then we actually were able to save up a bunch in order to have some sort of cushion. So it actually, I mean, it worked out, and like, looking back, it's like, oh yeah, that was totally fine, waiting. Well, I think, I think a lot of it was, you know, you being an entrepreneur, and, and the, the, I guess the media, the way people talk about, oh, like being an op- entrepreneur, if you're, if if you're doing something you're passionate about, you know you never really work a day in your life, kind of thing. But it's you still have to take financial responsibility, right? Because if mm-hmm. you're not, you're struggling with your financial means. It's it's not by any means pleasant, especially when you have a family. So I think yeah, I think thought, it, right. I think it would be different if I was single, like just out of college. Yeah, could sleep in the gym, like you know, like right. sell everything I have. <laughs> Sleep, you know what I mean? Like exactly. Some people have done that. Right. Um, I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. I, I just know it has happened. Yeah. Um, but right, I'm not obviously going to do all that with the family. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. it, it is that time that it took it just allowed you to be able to do that. That's, I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah, that was a silver lining to yep. it. So. Yep. And I, I think, to be honest, that time that gave us the, the ability to think about how we wanted to run, at least from a procedure perspective. Yeah, so we met, um, what, weekly? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we met online. We had, you know, Google Google Chat or I don't know, whatever we had. Um, and we just went over anything we could, probably more than we really needed to, but it just kept dragging out. Yep. Um, so what are some of the things that we were kind of planning or at least talking about? We talked about how we didn't like when we dropped into boxes and we didn't know 
who was in charge, or we would stand there for 10 minutes and no one would talk to us, or you know, the most important part of being at Kana was going to be you're always going to feel welcome, no matter mm -hmm. how, many, how many days you've been here, um, whether you just got out of base camp or whether you've been here for two years. Yeah, um, the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So w what is it, what is it that we, we wanted? And you know, we started off with the red shirts. Coaches always have red shirts. So if you come in with, um, with no experience at Kana, you always kind of knew who, who you go to, mm -hmm. right? And also holding members accountable to say hi or, mm -hmm. or make someone feel welcomed. Um, That's why we have this. Yeah. Because right? if you're talking with someone and you, you met them and so you know their, you should know their name, but everyone says they're bad with names. Yep. So I'm wondering, like, well, if everybody's bad at names, like, there should be someone good at names. <laughs> but um, this is their little cheat sheet. Yep. So they can say, oh, that's Jenny, that's Chrissy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that was a great opportunity for us to really um, put our, just the way we wanted the box to be run down on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 take it and take it from there. And I think that that started out for a real good foundation. What we have now. Kind of skipping ahead, but not really. So when we when we opened up, was it uh, was it what you thought a new box would be like, or was it different? I I think it 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 was what I thought it'd be like because. To, to be honest, we had so much time to plan it out, um, mm -hmm. and I mean, you, by profession, I'm a planner, right? right? And by profession, I'm a very procedural person. So I think you know, a, a huge part of more um, compliment when when I hear people come in or even coaches come in is like, "Oh, you guys have process and procedures and things like that." And mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time building that out. Mm -hmm. So. Um, of course, there were things that we didn't foresee. For sure, of, of course. course. But I think the main tenets and the main aspect of what we run or how we run this box is with the foundation of we set these processes out because of how you, how your experience with other boxes have been, um, going to other boxes, coaching other boxes, and then how I've perceived other boxes to be run as a member as well. Right. Um, so right. that was that was a really <clears throat> that was a huge benefit for it, and I, I think I think it, it it did come out to very much how I, I would have loved it to be. Yeah, I would agree with that. I some people asked me that this weekend, and it I mean maybe I'm just you know having selective memory, but it pretty much was what I thought it would be, like mm -hmm. in terms of the types of people, the or maybe it, it was what I hoped it would be, right? Like. The types of people that would be here, the um, the atmosphere, the you know, just the the relaxed, not competitive, yep, but fun and like a fun competitive, yes. you know, like you know, we just took noon class and we were we were working out next to each other, a bunch of other people in class. So you're like you're eyeing up right. to kind of get a beat on them, but it's not cutthroat, it's not you know, super hardcore, yeah. but. It's fun. It's like yeah. it's working out with buddies, right? right? Like, and then that's exactly what we always wanted to be. And yeah. you know, our our part of our logo was kind of fit for life, right? And that that right. we're here, we're staying fit for life. We're not yeah. fit for CrossFit Games. That's that's right. not what we're about. Leslie came in. Did she tell you this? No. So Leslie came in, and she's like, "Fit for life." Did Rachel tell you? I'm like, "No." She's like, 
I'm putting away, because she's a teacher, right? Yeah. So she's like, I got to put away these textbooks. I'm trying to pick it up, and it's heavy. And she's like, I didn't even realize it, but I took that thing, and I squat cleaned it. <laughs> and then I put it up on the shelf. And she's like, and once I did it, I realized what I did. Yeah. She's like, fit for life. I'm like, done. Good on you. That's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. And so I, she literally did a movement from here to pick up a box of textbooks. And she was so pumped. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And I know... You and I have a very different way of approaching things, um, as much as people think we are identical. Um, in, in a lot of ways, we are. But yeah, yeah, in, a lot, yeah. In some ways, we're very different. Very different. Yep. I think I'm. Um, I think one of the best ways that I've I've found to describe us, and you said it, is I'm um, ready, aim, fire. Your fire, aim, ready-ish. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, what was? How did? Your expectations, what, what were your expectations when the box opened and, and you know, from, from how we built the process and procedures, was that how you foresaw the... Yeah, know, I, 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 yeah, I think it actually went pretty much how I thought. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I agree with you. I, relatively, I am mostly like, just take action, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, but I was just, like yesterday, I with, was with my buddy Tommy, who I've talked about with you. Um, and he, I am the ready, aim, fire compared to him. <laughs> you get out. Yeah. And so he's the action taker. And so it's really funny because he's like, to me, Just he's telling levels. me that like I take so much time planning and I'm, <laughs> I think things through. And, and it's, it's true relative to each of you. Yeah, of course. So, of um, course. Anyway, I, yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, one of the things that I probably, the reality of like people's, people's lives just happening. And so like you don't retain, like you kind of go in thinking you're going to retain everybody, that no one's going to stop or no one's going to quit, no one's going to, you know, whatever. Uh, but life happens. Like people need to take time off or they need to leave or they, whatever. And so it's disappointing because like you want everyone to come and stay and love it and, and everything, but sometimes life just gets in the way. So I would say that was one thing that like when you do the numbers, like – I don't know. So, some people are all about like the business plans and stuff. I I think you just can't predict what's going to happen, and so like a five year business plan is kind of silly because you don't even know what's going to happen in the next year. Yeah, I get it, and it, if it gives you a goal, or if you know, if a business plan makes you actually think about you, your present situation and to plan for the future, I think that's good. Right. But to expect that you know a business plan will go how you think it's going to go yep. is just ridiculous. Um, and similarly, like I was doing projections of like how many members we would have, what kind of expenses it would be, like how many we would have at certain points, and we've actually we've actually hit a lot of the numbers about the same. Yep. But but because we actually get let's say more members, but we also lose a bunch. Whereas I was thinking we would just keep adding on, but right. at a slower rate. Um, so that so that was a little different. And I think yeah. what I learned from you. Um, and I'm, I'm very much a, a numbers guy and, and, and making sure we're looking at, you know, especially from my job, it's, it's like fiscal responsibility. Not that we're not fiscally responsible, but what you said to me really rang true where we are going to take care of the, um, the, what do I say, the, the unsexy stuff, right? The, the things that we do well, um, just simply down to the fact that the presentation of our uh, supplements and things like that, or where 
the like the details. The details. We're going to take care of the details well in everything. If we do that well and we're consistent upon our product, that will in turn take care of itself. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. seen that. Yeah, like how, how you do anything is how you do yeah, everything. That kind basically. of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was um, it, it. Was it was nice to see it it form that way and happen and work out for us. Yeah, I I do think I think detail. I think people might have a hard time articulating or pointing out the details. They don't know why something looks good or why whatever, but it's all the details combined in the big picture that the brain kind of just picks up on. Mm -hmm. So the brain sees the big picture, but it might not know why it, it feels different. And so we'll get like a bunch of drop-ins come in and, and they're like, man, this place is so clean. And we're like, I'm like, I think it's actually gross. <laughs> like, I think we could be so much cleaner. Yeah. I really do. Like, I, I think it can always be cleaner. Um, but, I, but I get it because they might be coming from a different situation and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So now that we're a little bit over two years in, yep. what, what do you think you could have changed or done better? Oh, man. Yeah, I think of this question a lot because I think of, um, like, if, if someone came to me and they were like, I want to open a box, and yeah. like, what kind of advice I would give them. Right. would make for a good blog post. Yeah. Um, I think I would, it's kind, of, it's kind of silly, but I would actually tell them to buy the more, not expensive just for the sake of expensive, but, like, if you're deciding between this, well, let's take the storage rack, for instance, like, yeah. like this storage rack versus this storage rack, and you choose this one simply because of the price, but you also know for some reason it's it's not as good, but you're like, yeah, I'll just buy another one down the road. Yeah. Like, you're essentially paying twice. Do it right or do it twice, right? Do it right or do it twice. So, you know, there's a lot of little examples like that where... You should probably just pony up and pay more up front and maybe not grow your let's say let's say it's equipment yeah like maybe not grow your equipment base as fast, but at least you know you're going to have that piece for like ten years versus like a year and then need to replace it ten years that road rack well the, I mean, <laughs> Jesus the road rack is going to outlast all of us, <laughs> including cockroaches yeah yeah legitimately. But like I'm trying, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, I mean the wall ball rack that we that you Jerry yeah, so that's right? that's an example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I put up a yeah, like a makeshift wall ball rack, um, and that was fine. But you know, I probably should have just gotten the you know the more sturdy one. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like that. You know, I would say everyone. I mean, most business owners would say cash flow matters a lot. So you know. No, you don't want to be hundreds of thousand dollars in debt per se, but um, you know sometimes the fi a financing option or some sort of like, you know, do you pay off all this because of a large purchase, or do you finance it a little bit and then just be but have more cash flow coming in to pay staff and whatnot? Yeah. Um, I mean that's not a huge issue. It's just one thing that I've noticed that right. like, yeah, if someone's opening a box, like just be aware of that. In personal life, yeah, you should you should pay off your credit card every month. Mm -hmm. If it comes down to like paying your staff or paying the credit card, like just pay what you can on the credit card, pay your staff, like treat your people right. Yep. 
Um, that's not, yeah, I mean, we really haven't run into that issue. It's just no. something that I've been aware of. Um, treat your people right. Like, treat your, treat your members right. Um, definitely treat your staff right. Get, get good people. Um, we've been really lucky. Yeah. I mean, man. Really lucky. Like, Dory reached out randomly. We weren't even open yet, and he reached out. Yep. And just was, like, all about just coaching and just jumping right in. Very quick learner. Just picked up on stuff really quickly. Yeah. Um, great, great enthusiasm. And then, yeah, Rachel, I, you know, came on over, asked to come on over, mm -hmm. and obviously is amazing. And then, you know, I want, kind of want to talk about that because I know you and I, we obviously work well together, but we're extremely selective with who we We're very with. picky. Very picky. Almost to a fault. Yes, because we have very high motors and we have yeah. very high expectations of the people we yeah. work with. Yeah. Um, I know at least from my job, I'm always talking about competency and about yeah. like working hard and, and being able to do, excel what you're focusing on. And I know that you're like that well, it's too. Not, yeah, because it's not just enough to be nice. Right. Like it's, we have plenty of nice people. Absolutely. And there's plenty of nice people in the world and there's plenty of nice coaches. But you have to be good at what you do. Mm -hmm. Like it just, there's, the personal side of things matters the most to me. Um, I would rather have someone who's super nice and really and listens to members and is pretty good on the technical lifting side rather than a high technician who has no personality and can't talk to members. Mm -hmm. the, out of those two, I'd rather the person who's more personable. But you still need a base level of competency. Right. Yeah. Right. And we were fortunate to have that with both of our coaches at that mm -hmm. time. At that time. And then Rachel, I was asking, you know, if she knew anyone and she brought Fox over. Yeah. Now Fox is here full time, which is amazing. Um, and she's only been coaching now, I mean, at this point, probably a year and a half about. Um, but she has learned so much and picked up so much and apparently has come out of her shell really well, Rachel too. Um, I mean, they would both say that they were very shy or in, slash introverted. Yeah. Um, but coaching has made them really grow. Yeah. And so um, it's really funny, like, and then, and then Mike came over. He... <laughs> you know, got a job on campus and just came over and I was like, oh yeah, come drop in whenever you want. But right. then he like ran back and was like, are you interested in having a coach? And, uh, and clearly knows his stuff. Yeah, it's really funny. Like I was just talking about this with someone over the weekend. I thought owning a box, I would only pull from in, inside yeah. coaches because I want to know who you are. Right. I want to I know how you interact and, and all that. I thought I would never take an outside person. And we've only had outside people. <laughs> now, I mean, I have them join first as members to kind of vet them and like, yeah. see like how they interact. But like, I think that's really ironic. And so, so talk about a little about what you know. I know we have a pretty extensive vetting process. Like, talk well, about the mentality of what what that what that does for you. I mean, what why why you yeah, do that? I mean, number one, it, number one, they have to become a member and take classes only, just to just to see how they interact with people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what your fan time is. I don't care what you snatch. I don't care about anything athletically. Um, but I just want to know how you are with people. Um, that's number one. N number two, I want to see how badly you want it. 
like if you're willing to be a member and pay and you know we're not cheap we're we're definitely the most expensive cross the gym in, in the area probably excluding Philadelphia but maybe even that and then um, even, even compared to other micro gyms like Orange Theory and whatnot um, yeah so if you're willing to pay that and you're willing to kind of just go through the motions or at least not go through but if you're willing to go to Participate. do that then yeah. you have a good attitude about it right. then cool like that's step number one and then yeah there's an internship process so they have to Mike came in with seven years' experience, but I still had him just sit and take notes. I didn't have him participate at all as a coach because yep. that's great. You have seven years' experience. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you are in class. I'm not going to just give you a class. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's a slow process. It's at least a few months. Um, they have to shadow. Then after a bunch of whole bunch of classes, they then can help, but it's only by demoing and by just being a second kind of assistant coach. And then they slowly take over with warm-up. They take over with demoing. They take over with, you know, eventually leading the class. And then and only then, if, if we feel good about it, after, you know, by that point, they've shadowed or helped out with mm -hmm. 30 to 50 classes. I mean, it really depends. Right. Depending, like, it depends on where they are in the process. Um, and we vetted them out, them, meaning our coaches, internally are they getting along with our team as well which is really yeah important yeah, yeah yeah right 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 yeah yeah exactly again yeah because yeah. you can be it's rare but like yeah if you get along great with members and are really good on the floor but for some reason we're not gelling yeah it's not it's not worth it at that it's not point. really worth it and I, I think as you talk about that a lot of the the word that comes to my mind is humbling are you humble enough to be able to even with seven years experience and all your search to be able to shadow, to be able to take notes, to show up and be secondary before yeah. you take the lead of the class. Yep. Which um, I think is a very, is a really uh, a great quality to have, to yeah. humble yourself and, and then take the lead to it. Yeah, I mean, and with that process, they, and this could be a whole other podcast about mm -hmm. like hiring, but like in that process, they have books to read and um, podcasts to listen to and, and, certain like educational things and um and one of the books is ideal team player um patrick milcioni i'm probably pronouncing mispronouncing it but like he's the one who talks about humble hungry happy so like you got to be humble in other words like you can't be a know-it-all and you got to be willing to learn you know you gotta be hungry you gotta actually gotta you gotta want something right, right. which you know most people looking for a job do but you got to really want it and go above and beyond and then you got to be happy, and it's not like happy-go-lucky, but it's happy, like, how do you get along with people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So humble, hungry, happy. Um, ben Bergeron talks about that a lot, but he got it from Ideal Team Player. But, yeah, it's, it's, it matters a lot, you know. Maybe, maybe it's different if you're in a different industry, although I actually think it should be about the same. Yeah. But um, especially in our industry where it's so high-touch and service-based, and, I mean, our people see us and each other more than their own extended families. Yeah. Right, like think about your extended family, right? Or, or like your parents, right? Yep. You much. see us more than them and, you know, your siblings and... Um, the and members become the extended family. In Yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. And Coaches, you're right. seeing each other every day or every other day and you notice like mood trends and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
You know, we, we throughout the, you know, we talk about our staff, we talk about um, you as, as an owner here. And I think we've separated with, okay, obviously the experience of the box has to be, box has to be great. Mm -hmm. the, the, the moment you walk in, your workouts. But you, you do a lot of the stuff in the background of trying to bring members in. Like what was, what, what's eye-opening for you from a marketing perspective, from a advertising kind of? Because, you know, mm -hmm. I think the current members here don't see that because they're not, they're not as worried about well, they're already here, right? So right. How, do you, how do you go about you know, managing your time on, on that? You always hope that you're providing such a great experience that people just do the marketing for you, Yeah. Um, that they're adver essentially advertising slash you know, talking to their friends about it. And we have some that really do. We, we have a lot of members who are referrals. Mm -hmm. um, but that you can't always rely on that. Um, and so... Man, um, you know, I didn't do any sort of Facebook marketing in the beginning, and real honestly, really until recently, like this year. Um, I probably would have wanted to know that because I think opening up with that, I think to take advantage of saying you're new is, is a lot, yep. and I think you got to ride that wave as best you can. And I don't think I probably wrote it as well as I could have. Um, probably, you know, getting out in the community. Um, I could probably, oh, you could always do a better job of, of like talking to other business owners and getting out and just shaking hands and like getting to know people. Um, because if people are more aware that you're around or available, they'll, they might talk about it. Right. Or at least if you meet face to face, because CrossFit gets such a bad rap of like being intimidating and everything. But if you can just say, hey, you know, I'm Chris, I'm, you know, CrossFit Kana, and they see that you're not an axe murderer or, you know, <laughs> that you're, not roided up and everything, yeah. like it, it lends itself to like your brand and, and just the fact that you're not as intimidating as maybe they thought. I, I honestly have to say I, I look at social media, social media in a very different lens now mm -hmm. because how powerful it is and how we use it and, and really how it's morphed from it, when you looked at our Instagram post before and now how it's very organized and how it does um, fit the way we want to portray our brand yeah it is it is it is night and day yeah you got to scroll down a long way but right. if you can get to yeah before the grid um stuff it was all over the place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was again like it was something i was talking with owners about this weekend and um now it's just full of your dad jokes that's right that's right it's really honestly this place is really just a forum <laughs> for me to be able to be corny and talk about a lot of dad jokes. Exactly. That's really I can it. see you at, you know, sitting in your desk and chuckling by yourself. Yeah. With no one here in the box when you come up with a good dad joke singer. Yep. Yep. That's really all this is. Yeah. It's I mean, not about helping people. No, nope. Nope. The members pay so that you can be entertained. Yep. Very much so. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's always evolving. So, you know, the stuff that, we were doing open, we had a great founders club. Mm -hmm. We had 33 founding members. So that was super solid. Cause, um, I mean, we were with them, we were profitable. We were, you know, about well above break even. Um, we were doing workouts in the park. 
when we weren't open here. We were doing workouts in Pan Ambler Park any weekend that, uh, that it was nice out. And yeah, and then we opened up May of 2017. Yeah. May 13th. I just I still remember I still remember the first workout here with with um, five rep deadlift yeah and then baseline <laughs> and I think it was just it, it was at, at that moment where it, it became it became real for us that's, we didn't that's even have the big whiteboard up nope. I, had, I had a whiteboard this size that I had to write on and stack it on boxes and the bow speaker and we had yeah a little portable <laughs> bow speaker. Um, which is fine because we had the wall up, <laughs> and so it was a. I don't know what is it, eleven hundred square feet. Yeah. So. Uh, it was actually enough speaker. It's fine. Anything else about opening? Because I think our, our time is almost up. Yeah. Um, Anything you would do differently? I don't think so. I I, I think just between you and me and just the way we we balance each other out it it's more of a learning experience and uh, and the the way i i, I kind of figure th things out I, I like the journey better and i like figuring it out as we right. go along yeah no i i think we i think we did the best we could and i think it's worked out really well we learned how to pull up put up a pull up rig Really quickly. So that really was good. Really quickly. We learned that you should not use a leaf blower to blow the dust Do out of this. Do not use a leaf this. blower to get the dust out of an interior room. Nope. Because all that does is just create a dust bomb, <laughs> and you can't see two feet in front of you. Indeed. Indeed. I learned that how was to really silly. cut mats really well. Cutting Maybe. rubber mats. That is, I did not realize how Laborious, that would be. Mm. If anyone wants a forearm workout, that's how laborious. That that is something else. Um, but once you can figure out a system, then it goes relatively quickly. Yeah. But yeah, laying rubber mats, the ru rubber mats in general. I yeah, I, th I the people just something business owner or people who are opening a box should know. Don't understand the most it. expensive item you're gonna buy is rubber mat. Yep and the most time consuming, if you're the one cutting it. Like if you just hire someone to do it, yeah. just be prepared to pay them a good amount because it's a good amount of work. Yeah. So it's been a good one. Cool. All right, I think we'll end there. Yeah. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media, find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFit Kana, K-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at CrossFitKana.com. Thanks and have a great day.